0: Well, hey, hey, everybody, welcome back to the show today,
1: wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day today. If it's your first time checking out the show, welcome. I'm glad you're here. And if you're a long-term listener, thanks for coming on back. Uh, Today talking about volunteers, all about volunteers. Should be really helpful episode, hopefully, for you. Very practical. I think when I talk to youth pastors and youth leaders uh, all over the place, no matter where they are, what their context of ministry is, the thing that seems to come up most is the idea or something that has to do with volunteers, whether you're talking about recruiting volunteers, training volunteers, equipping volunteers, retaining volunteers, encouraging volunteers. All those things are incredibly important to what we do. And especially in youth ministry, there is no question. We deal with volunteers on a regular basis. In some ways, our volunteers are the lifeblood of our ministry, at least I hope that's true for you and you recognize the important role that they can play. Uh, If you're not already on the email list, make sure you jump on the email list a couple times a year. uh, Usually, I'll open up a Building the All-Star Teams course that walks you through really all the things that you would need to know to build a great volunteer team from recruiting to encouraging to equipping to retaining and all of that. So make sure you're on the email list. There's also some emails that go out on a pretty regular basis there that are things that aren't necessarily the podcast topics. So just practical helps for you there that come uh, each week. So you can head over to longerhall.com and there you will find a, a way to jump on that email list. I'd also invite you to come and be a part of the super secret podcast group over on the Facebook. There'll be a link for that in the show notes today as well. So you can jump in there if you're not on that. And of course, hopefully, you're subscribed and following the show so you catch these episodes as they come out. Today, though, jumping in to Secrets to Youth Ministry Volunteers, uh, Sam Simmons jumping on the show with us. Uh, Sam is actually a part of my team here where I currently serve, and she runs at volunteers across all of our campuses alongside um, our youth guys and uh, does a great job for us. She was a volunteer before. She became a staff member, and so she's got some great perspective on both sides of that. Uh, Smart and uh, thinks through things really well, great at systems, just very intentional, just a blessing for us and for our team. No doubt will be one for you today as well as we jump in um, to this episode on volunteers. So uh, hopefully you'll take some notes. Along the way, again, I'll just remind you the goal here is not to say here's what someone else is doing, or here's what we're doing. You need to do this exact same thing, but hopefully you'll be able to come away with some ideas that you can translate into the context in which you currently so serve. So anyway, with all that said and all that out of the way, let's jump in here to today's interview with Sam Simon. Well, hey, Sam, thanks again for taking time yeah. to jump on with us. I appreciate that. For folks who are listening who don't know you, mm-hmm. they haven't read your amazing posts over at Youth Ministry Roundtable or any other place, Take a minute and just kind of maybe introduce yourself, how you got into student ministry, why you still do student ministry, best part of working for me, all those things. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I started doing student ministry 10 years ago. This is actually my 10th year. I jumped in right after I graduated from the University of Riverside with my English degree. Student ministry has been this really weird kind of fun thing. I actually considered going back and getting my doctorate, but to do that, I would have had to stop volunteering to go to school, and I just couldn't picture not working with students anymore, so I didn't do that. I am married. My husband, Clayton, we've been married seven years in November, and uh, my son, Celie, is nine months old in a couple of weeks.
1: In all cheeks. All cheeks. That kid's all cheeks. He is
0: massive. He's made of lead.
1: Yeah. And Yeah. And just cute. Super cute. That helps when you have a cute kid. (laughs) So well, let's talk a little bit. So for your role for for context, for those listening, you've done it you've been in a few different roles for us, but primarily right now, you kind of serve in a in a kind of a support role, helping us with our volunteers across all of our campuses. And and that entails a lot of different things that we'll, we'll kind of talk about. But I, what I love about this conversation is, and what I hope those listening here is that even though currently we're at a large church with a maybe even more of a multi-site, well, it is a multi-site context that really gives some valuable insight into the fact that we're we're ministering to and recruiting volunteers that would almost be in any context of a listener. Right, based on their size, right, and so we'll try to stay really principle-driven, but I do want to give some practical helps and some steps as as we go today, too. So let me ask. Let's start here. And to be fair, I didn't send you any questions ahead of time. Nope, none. All off. Was that surprising to you at all? Not even a little bit. (laughs) Was that (laughs) okay? So if if when you're thinking through. If you had to say this is a this is probably the most important value for us when it comes to our volunteers what would you say and this is this is the one value if we had one and only one
0: the one value that we want in our volunteers Yes I would say that we want our volunteers to love students that is a core value obviously the theology and their Relationship with God, that is always a priority for any volunteer across any ministry. But we want our volunteers to love students.
1: And then on the flip side of that, for us in terms of how we care for our volunteers, is there a value that you would say on that side of things too?
0: I think the best way that we care for our volunteers is communication. The fact that we communicate consistently and regularly not only just the vision for the ministry, but the practical things of what's going on and what's coming are probably our core.
1: So let's talk through that. What are some of the ways that we communicate? And and I will say we have done better at times than others with this. And we've also done it in different ways. And and this is a conversation even that we were having a few weeks ago, you and I have like yeah. kind of maybe thinking through what are some ways that we could even be more efficient and more effective when it comes to communicating? But what does that look like for us on a normal basis?
0: So on a normal basis, it's interesting. It looks, we've kind of refined the process for the few years that I've been on staff with student ministry. I was a volunteer with student ministries at HVC before you UK on as the student guy. So communication has looked very different for us these 10 years. What we have tried to do and are purposeful about is communicating weekly through emails, what we're doing this week, what we're doing next week, the things that are coming up. Mm -hmm. can't preview different events like that that we're going to be doing with students. And uh, just this year, we've added a resource to the email, just giving leaders one resource a week, whether it's a blog post, or a podcast post, um, really just anything to help them connect with students, to help them further their relationship with Christ. Uh, Whenever we have big events, we do a text message to all of our volunteers. And I believe our student guys at our campuses, they make sure that they're texting their volunteers on a weekly basis, making sure that they know what's going on at each campus individually. Yeah.
1: And then we typically would also have on all, on any of our campuses or before any event, a short meeting ahead of that. Yes. Where we would kind of make sure that everybody's on the, on the same page, say, so take some time to pray together before that happens. And that's a really short 10, 15 minute
0: yeah. tops. One of the things that we've Maybe. done the last year. In those later meetings is we've actually asked our volunteers to come 15 minutes earlier. So before we were asking them to get there 15 minutes before the event and we'd inform them, we're actually asking them to get there 15 minutes earlier than that so that we can spend 15 minutes informing, praying, but then they get 15 minutes to just kind of enjoy whatever we've set up for the students. Yeah,
1: which they've really loved. They've loved it. That's been a big win. So then for us, let's talk process. So, our let I'll speak a little to maybe how we recruit mm-hmm. and then you can chime in. Yeah. We're always recruiting volunteers. Like, we never are not recruiting volunteers. Every parent meeting is a volunteer pitch, every stage host moment is a volunteer pitch, every conversation before, I mean, we're always recruiting. Yes. Yeah. And and that should be true regardless of your size or your context. Yes. That is a must. We are, and I've talked about this before, so this won't necessarily be new for folks listening, but we are really intentional to recruit on vision, not need. So, and for example, we wouldn't say, and we really, really need a seventh grade boys small group leader. If we don't get one, we don't know what we're going to do. Would you please pray about being that. Right. Because people say, I'll pray about it. And that's the Christian way of saying no. (laughs) And so we don't like that. No. So what we do with vision, the the way that looks is like we would say, man, God is doing some really cool things in our student ministry. We're really seeing that especially happen in our seventh grade boys. We're really excited for what's ahead this school year. And I'd love for you to consider being a part of that. Why don't you come hang out and just see if it's something that would work for you? So that's the pitch, right? And, and we're all making, everybody's recruiting all the time. Then what happens is they, they might come hang out. There's an application they would fill out for us. We would do an interview just to make sure. And that interview isn't, it sounds more formal than it is. We're just making sure they're not crazy. Yep. Um, that, they love, that they love Jesus um, and that they feel like they would be a good fit for the team. We've had some amazing people yes. that I have said no to. Not because they weren't. There was something weird with them. I just didn't. I thought they would struggle with the chemistry of our team. It hasn't hasn't been often, but it has happened. So there's that piece, and and then there's some requirements for us. Like we have to do a mandated reporter training. Yep. For us, we have to do background checks, live scan stuff. That happens for us, and then they would roll into the role to be on the team. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right.
0: That sounds pretty. And from that, yeah. Forward, yeah.
1: okay, and then, so once they're on the team, then what does that look like? How do we, how do we mold them into the group?
0: Well, one of the things that we do is we have different levels for our volunteers. Um, all our volunteers are equal in their role, but we have different roles that they play. We have uh, our welcome tent people who are in front of our campuses or our homes, greeting our students as they come in and helping new students fill out new student forms so that we can get that information. A lot of times we have volunteers that start off at the welcome tent because they weren't necessarily comfortable working as a small group leader with students. And then gradually over a year or two, a lot of times they end up becoming a small group leader because they just get kind of infected with a love. For students, which they had, but then they get the confidence as well to work with students because now they've been having conversations with parents and kids.
1: Yeah. And we would call those like internally, we call those on ramp opportunities. Right. Right. Low, low level, low entry, um, low commitment, really. But get them in the door, let you see what it's like to be around students. Jump in.
0: Right. So then, We have those on ramping positions we will really take people and put them, even if we don't have a position for them, like, Hey, you can just greet, or we have pretty large buildings at the Victorville campus. Hey, will you just walk around and make sure, make sure students are getting to where they need to go so that we have that onboarding process. And then once they are with us, even if it's just in one of those roles, uh, we have a new leader box we've been doing for what three years now, I think. Four years? Yeah. And... Yeah. So
1: talk about that box. What is that box and what is... Why do we do that and what's in it?
0: So the reason we do that box is because we really want to affirm and appreciate the fact that they've even made the decision to do ministry with students. And we want to do it in front of everybody so that our Even our old leaders are getting inspired and reignited by the fact that people are coming in and excited to do ministry with students. In that box, we have uh, the name tag with the lanyard. We have our student ministry t-shirts. We've added a resource, the Gen Z book by Timothy McKnight, just to help them feel comfortable and confident in working with students of this generation. We have a small notebook, a tumbler, pen, student ministry stickers. We just added coasters and a really small magnet, small stuff. It's not big, crazy, yeah. expensive things. It's just small stuff to make them feel appreciated and kind of like brand them as a part of the team.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, we put it in a box, like a shoe box kind of thing that has the student ministry name on it, but you could pull that off in a bag. You could pull that off and you wouldn't even need to do as many Like Ours has grown and We've added things and changed things. It's always changing. Right. I think the the principle is, let's give you something to show you that we're really proud of you. At the inside of that box says, welcome to the team, right? And so we just we want you to know that you're a part of something bigger than you. Yep. We're welcoming you into the family. You're a part of, of what we do. And then, okay, so we start there. Folks go in, roll in. We're, they're getting weekly emails from us. Training pieces. We've got some resources for them that we're walking through. We also have well. Now we've we did this a few years ago. Talk about the book that they get, not the not the engaging Gen Z book, the Survival Guide.
0: So a few years ago, you had done this uh, with just the Victorville team. It was a survival just basic need to know stuff. There were some fill in pages for notes and contact pages for information for students. This year, we really built that out. It has. Uh, our vision, one page in the front. Uh, then we have like medical incidents or to deal with gender and sexuality, which is just a one-page thing that says, hey, have this conversation with a student and point them to more conversations come to us so we can continue to have that conversation just to give them some foundation.
1: Yeah, it's been good. And so for us in our context, our... Small group questions are message based, so we're 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 all teaching the same general outline. All of us are doing the same questions, but our um, our small groups, the purpose is really to more of an application from the message, so they would take those questions and then walk through those. so for us, we worked really, really hard last spring into the summer to make sure that we had those questions done in time to get them into that book for this this coming school year. Okay, so we have the the book, that survival guide for them, which again has all their questions, has some helpful things. We took a lot of things previously that was our handbook. Right. And so we, it's it's the same thing. We've just kind of renamed it, retitled it and and tried to add things, some things that we know they're going to need every week so that the handbook doesn't just get something that's given to them in that box. And then it's tossed aside, and they never look at it again. So, Thanks. so we give them that. There's a separate. We pull some of those things out as kind of almost like an interest packet that we would give a prospective volunteer if they were, you know, interested in, in getting more information. And then throughout the year, we're off. We're offering some training. We're offering some uh, resources and pieces either through the email or through things that we would do trainings that we would do. Then yeah. at the then at the end of the year which for us, we do end of school year. We do kind of a recognition appreciation thing. Talk a little bit about that, what that looks like, why that's so important and what we're doing there.
0: So the leader appreciation, we've been doing that a couple of years now and it has really grown since we come back from COVID. When we came back from COVID, it started out as just like a movie night because most people hadn't been to the movies in a long time. So we got popcorn and candy and just showed our volunteers that we appreciated them.
1: And watched Nacho uh, Libre.
0: We watched Nacho Libre. Yes, we did. And honored tenure. So volunteers who had been with us for that whole year, we gave out just a pin that has kind of our student logo on it. It's just called to serve. And then we have a five-year, which is our typical Serving shirt, but it's gold. So now they've got the same shirt as everybody else, but it's gold. So everybody knows they've been with us for at least five years in a pin alongside that. And then we have the 10 year jacket, which is gold, got the gold logo on it. And that has been really cool because whenever we hit that 10 year point, we get to honor some people who have been with us for a really long time. It's actually interesting once they get to that five year mark, we either see them drop off or they stay forever because they love students. So yeah. Just honoring the volunteers and showing them that showing up makes a difference and that we notice.
1: Yeah. And we started doing that a few years ago because, you know, the hope is that if I'm sitting here a year in and we used to we for a while we gave a a little lanyard or something that says, I survived a year, whatever. I don't remember what that said. I survived a year with students or something. Yeah. The pins all look different. I mean, it's the same pin. We do them different colors, similar to the shirts. Right. Everybody gets the shirt when they start. The five-year shirt, it's the same shirt, but a different color. And then we do like right. a hoodie, a hoodie, zip-up hoodie or whatever jacket with the same logo. What's What the hope is, which, I mean, it seems to be working, is that if you're sitting there at one and you're seeing somebody get a five-year shirt and a pin, there's just there's something in you that says, oh, man, I want to do that one day. Yep. And the same thing at five. Like, oh, man, I want to do that one day. And we actually, there was a, f- a couple of years ago, we had to make up something because we had a couple that had been there like 25 years. Yes. So we had to go make new stuff up. We got a hat or something crazy. I don't even remember what it was. And so we do that at the end of the year with all of our volunteers in front of them. We kind of call them up and make a big deal, like similar to almost like a graduation, I guess. And we... Uh, it's so fun to watch them and to be recognized. That for us this past year was less of a movie, right? More less entertainment, more of a celebration of them. You had done some personalized
0: gifts. Yeah. I went around to um, all of our small groups and kicked our leaders out of their small group and asked their students for one word that described them. And then I took uh, these small metal keychain plates and stamped out that word for each of our volunteers and it was a huge it left a huge impression yeah. a lot of our volunteers were really grateful and oh there were a lot of laughter yeah. amongst the volunteers yeah, from different yeah, yeah, words yeah. that they got some students came up with a word that I didn't even know was a thing in their group but it was a thing in their group and they were like no you have to put this on the keychain and I was like okay I will put this on the keychain yeah uh, but that was something that is definitely doable on a smaller context
1: yeah and i think i think what i what i hope if you're listening what you're hearing is we're not telling you you have to do all of these things the the principle behind it is very scalable and the the point is we want to make our volunteers feel welcomed when they come on the team equipped as they serve on our team and appreciated for serving on our team and we try to do that as many times as we can. We also recognize birthdays and anniversaries Mm -hmm. so we have a list of everybody and when those come up we'll send them a card with a gift card in it that just says hey thanks. We do like a small little card gift card for a birthday and we do a little bit of a nicer one for a, a wedding anniversary so they can maybe do a movie or dinner or something or part of a dinner and I just think those pieces all together, when you add all that up together, you end up with a a group of people who feel like they're really making a difference and we need them. Yeah. We need them too. What's what's, What's really nice is, and this happens, is they really have become our number one recruiters where our volunteers now are asking other people that they know to come and volunteer with us. Yeah. And so our, 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 group keeps growing and, and I'll say this now, I hesitate to say this on a podcast because it's going to live forever, but right now we have more volunteers than we need.
0: It is a true statement.
1: We are on every campus in every context. We are making up jobs for volunteers because we don't need any more right now. And Even, and there's more volunteers still coming in this week, guess all. Yeah. And we will continue to recruit even though we don't need volunteers.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I think we have uh, groups on our different campuses that are getting to the point where their size would inhibit further growth. If we don't split them off and start sectioning them off. And we have to have volunteers to be able to do that. You don't want to recruit later. When you need to split off, it's nice to just have those volunteers who are already a part of your ministry already know what's going on be able to split off too, yeah, yeah, anticipating growth
1: yeah, and so that I think the if I could give you a key takeaway as you're listening all of these things that that we're doing that Sam is running at and doing for us they're not just individual pieces of something, they're not just nice to do. The goal is that we would create a culture among our leaders and our volunteers that is healthy and that is one that others want to be a part of. I always say, man, I think student ministry, I think it's the best place to serve. And I'm very biased to that, I know. But it ought to be, it ought to be the place you feel most appreciated. It ought to be the place that it should be the funnest place to serve. It, it, that, that's not hard to create. It is a very thankless role in terms of the students that you serve. Like, you don't NB. you don't understand the impact until later down the road, which is why it's so important for us to keep those volunteers because five, 10 years from now, they are going to start seeing some of the reward and the impact that they made five, 10 years prior, right?
0: Right. And,
1: and they're more likely to stay. Okay, let me ask this question. When you're looking, when you're thinking through like an ideal volunteer for us, I know we talked about values, yeah are there like younger, older, outgoing, introverted, athletic, studious like what what is what is what are we looking for in that?
0: I want all of those things <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. yeah I as a awesome. volunteer, always been uh, when I was doing nice. groups, more introverted and. Unfortunately for a girl, less emotional. And praise God, he always paired me with a female co-leader who was on the more emotional side. So when our girls would cry, somebody was there to be sympathetic. You need all of it. You need somebody who's older. You need somebody who's younger. You need the athletic one. You need the studious one. Because when you pair leaders like that together, even though they might be opposites of each other, they're actually serving their group better because they're meeting the needs of students that only they can connect with and maybe the other leader can't Uh, we're really fortunate to be able to have co-leaders for all of our groups I've been in contexts where I didn't always have a co-leader and even in that context you still want other leaders around you who are different than you there isn't I don't feel like there's a right or a wrong to what kind of leader you can be as long as you love students
1: yeah no I love that And, and we do try to even mix and match like you said Maybe a more extroverted, outgoing with someone who's a little more introverted. And we think too of the chemistry of those two volunteers. Like we don't want to pair yes. opposites together and then think, oh, they're going to just hate each other. So because they don't get along, the group's going to just, you know, be dysfunctional. We do want to be mindful of chemistry. Let me, let me say this too, because I, as you were talking, I just had this thought, you know, a few minutes ago, we said we have more volunteers than we need. I think it would be easy if you're listening and you are finding yourself in a smaller context to think, well, of course you do. It's a bigger church. You have more people to pull from. And Mm. I just want to push back on that a little and say it's true. A bigger church has more people, but there's also a bigger need. And again, we're not, we're pulling from different sizes of campuses across our campuses. So. A campus of, of 250, they've got to have volunteers for their students that meet their need just as a campus of 2,000 right. has to have theirs. And so I, that it scales. The need scales. And, and, I, and I will say, having served in multiple contexts and sizes, it doesn't scale fairly. Like the larger you get, the need outgrows usually the pool. Of, mm-hmm. of folks that you want and need. And so it really is, we're in a, we're in a great spot right now. I believe that to be because we know how to recruit well. We're recruiting well and clearly on vision. We know how to retain volunteers well. We honor them well and we have built a good, healthy culture there. And again, for those listening, this isn't new. I've talked about this in the past. We've got, you know, I've done the, the building the All-Star Teams course, even and kind of laying out a lot of what we've done and what we are seeing work now, even here in, in that regard. So don't hear that and be dismissive and think, Oh man, well, I just don't have that many people to pull from. You probably have more than you think. You're just not thinking of the, of the bigger, the broader picture, you know? So we have a lot of parents who serve with us. We have a lot of parents and grandparents. Yes,
0: we do. Yes,
1: a lot of parents, a lot of grandparents. I would say we have more parents and grandparents than we have young adults.
0: Correct. Right. On, on basically with three campuses right now, we have a lot more parents and grandparents. Our young adults are a little so, more geared towards one campus in particular because we yeah. have a fairly large middle school ministry at that campus. But.
1: Yeah, and even then, the like our younger volunteers are serving with our usually our younger students. Yeah. How, okay, let's talk about you as a volunteer. So go in the way back machine. Mm-hmm. What were some things as a volunteer that you found difficult that you feel like now on this side, you've been able to recognize and address?
0: Man, I, as a volunteer, so I have a philosophy now of ministry that says that ministry always changes. The mission doesn't. Uh-huh. That philosophy came out of being a volunteer. Uh, every year as a volunteer, it seemed like things were changing. Volunteers were leaving. Students were graduating. You have a new youth pastor. So the context changes. Sometimes we're back at the church. Sometimes we're in houses. Yeah. With all of that constant change, it just got to the point where it was like I had to continuously tell myself, mission stays the same. Yeah. What we do with students is what matters, bringing the gospel to them and helping them walk with Christ doesn't change. And as a volunteer, you're the person who is unchangingly in their lives. That's why our volunteers are so important because the context of ministry, pastor, church, things change so often that having a consistent volunteer is, I feel like, one of the most important things we can do for students. Yeah. That was probably the most frustrating thing of being a volunteer is constantly having to deal with all of those changes.
1: And how do you feel like we are, like now that you're on staff supporting those volunteers, how are you, what are we doing to combat that?
0: So I consider any change very seriously. Change has to be done with a purpose. It has to be done because we are making the attempt to connect with students better, to partner with their parents better, to prepare them better, to reach their worlds for Christ. If the change isn't meeting one of those needs, it probably isn't a necessary change. Mm -hmm. So staying consistent in ministry, but also now that I am on this side of it, knowing that change is necessary. We are learning to do things better. We are finding in other people's student ministry context that this is working and that we can fit this in and that it will work really well for us and we want to run at it more open to change. It's funny on yeah. it, yeah. both sides of that. So,
1: Yeah, I think we've tried to be really intentional too with communicating as like further out, hey, this is coming. Here's Church. why. Here's what this is gonna look like. Here this is how this is gonna affect you. If it's gonna affect you. Because at the end of the day, we need our volunteers to be bought in to whatever that looks yes. like too. And we've changed a lot in five years. I mean, we've we've changed everything in the last five years. It'd be hard pressed to find anything that we haven't changed in the last yeah. five years. And and some of that was right, COVID pushed us to some of that. Some of that is just philosophy, some of that is need we've leaned into parents a lot heavier which has helped with the volunteers as well i think purpose is a great word i think our volunteers stay informed i think we've earned their trust is my opinion and that that's really hard to have it's very easy to lose yeah and so i think working to gain and and keep that is really hard
0: Yeah, just speaking from being here before there was somebody in the position to point us towards purpose. We still have volunteers on the team from before you got here who have that like, and I trust that you guys as a ministry are running at the right thing. Every time we kind of shift a little bit, there's that, that tension. Yep. Like, are you, are you changing this? Is this, is this going to hurt?
1: Yeah. So let me, let's do this. Let's walk through some really practical things kind of here for folks. If, if someone is listening and they're sitting here going, man, I desperately need volunteers. I don't have any. I'm not sure what's going on. Everybody asks, says no. I, am, I, don't, I don't know that I have the budget to do things you're talking about, really. I don't know. I just am at a loss, but I know I need help. Let's give them some steps to take.
0: I think would be approaching your parents, whether that's bringing your parents in for a night, like
1: like like parents of the ministry, not your own parents.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, <laughs> mom and dad, parents, I know
1: you're. I know you're proud of me, and I really need volunteers.
0: <laughs> I mean, my mom is coming clutch so often, <laughs> right? Yeah, but yes, parents of students, bring them in for a night. Yeah, Do ministry not only with your students, but with them. Uh, let them see what you're doing with their kids because I feel like odds are they're going to be excited at, about what you're doing and want to jump on board. They already have kids that are doing this, so why not jump in?
1: Yeah. We've, we've had dads who drop their kids off and wait in the parking lot, and we've recruited them to help us with setup. We've asked them to help with safety team. We've helped them, you know, like you're sitting in the car. What if you didn't? What if you came and just hung out over here just on the other side of the parking lot where the kids are? Yeah, that's good. Come in the water is fine. Come on the water. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Approaching parents. That's good. I would say make a list of all the things that you're doing. And then circle the things that only you can do. And then everything else on that list is an opportunity for a volunteer. Doesn't it, does it mean that you're going to have a volunteer do them all, but when someone comes and you start asking what do you need, that will give you some clarity on what you need. Otherwise, you're going to be thinking, oh, I just need a small group leader, or I just need a chaperone, or I need a driver, or I need, you know, I think I could go through the list. I could take a bunch of stuff right now that, you know, snacks, transportation. Yeah, We have folks at our welcome table, welcome tent, greeting kids as they come in, taking their new kids information. We have parents who help us set up. We have some that just come in under this little crowd control. They're not leading a small group. They're just hanging out in a large group. We'll have some that will go as counselors for us to camp. You know, camp counselors. Yeah, there's, there's a slew of things. And I bet if you sat and made, like I've had in the past, I've had volunteers help me with registration things i've had volunteers help me with some administrative things cuz i had parents who were really administrative and i wasn't and they were able to <laughs> they were able to you laugh they were able to help help me there you know i i think check in uh, there's so many so make that list circle the things that only you can do everything else is an opportunity for a volunteer what you end up with should be things that you love, but there's going to be, there's going to be things on that list that you don't love, but you have to be the one to do them. And you should have both on that list. And you might even end up giving away some of the things that you love. Yeah. Because it's something that someone else could do. And they might not do it as well as you. And that's okay. Yes. But But it frees you to do something else. Everything you say yes to is saying no to something. And so, so making that list is, is really, really important. But what else? Can you think of anything else?
0: Uh, one of the things I would say not to do is go poach from other ministries.
1: Ooh, that's a good one.
0: That you may find people who are more eager because they're already doing ministry to jump on board with you, but more often than not, they're going to get burnt out a lot faster than yeah. anybody else you could ask to be a volunteer.
1: That's a good one. That's a good one. No one ever poaches from a... Uh... What? <laughs> <It> never happen <laughs> no that's a good one I think too I would just say in light of kind of what we shared earlier more at length that kind of how we honor process build that culture I think it would be yeah. good for you to sit down and think through what are some ways that you can welcome folks into your, onto your team how can you honor them at the end recognize what they've mm-hmm. done and how do you encourage them throughout the year Things that frustrate volunteers when they feel like they're not needed, when they feel like they don't belong, when they feel like they don't know what they're doing, they feel like they're in over their head, and they feel like the kids don't love them, Like those things are a disaster for volunteers. And I would say there's been good seasons of my ministry where all of those would be true about everybody who was volunteering for me. It took me a while to learn that. And everybody wants them. Everybody's got a reason they're not volunteering. It's always somebody else's fault. But probably it's because we haven't been enough intentional enough on our own. Yeah. And again, it doesn't have to be what we just laid out. You don't have to have this complicated thing. It could be a card with a gift card in it that says welcome to the team. It could be cupcakes or cookies. It could be anything that just says, man, I'm glad you're here. Super, super inexpensive.
0: Faked goods are an easy way to get into anybody's heart.
1: Super easy. And you might even have a volunteer who will make them for you. You know? So you're not having to make them. I think birthday cards, easy win. Even if it's just a postcard that says, happy birthday, happy anniversary. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, it's
0: it's not complicated to keep a spreadsheet of birthdays and favorite snacks. Like, that's super basic.
1: And we do that as well. Like we have favorite snacks. So when we have, we put snacks out for those leader meetings, camp, those things we've talked about before on the show about how to make the most of camp. And, you know, it's the little things that go a long, long way. I would say keep record and note of wins in your ministry throughout the year so that when you get to the end of the year and you're kind of recapping and recognizing, you can point back and say, this is what God has done this year. This is what God has done. And I've done that. Man, there's been seasons where we just invited the volunteers that we had over to our house. And I, we did hot dogs and s'mores and just talked about the year and just thanked them. But I, I think that purpose, going back to what you said earlier, is really, really the key on that. So all right. Well, that's a lot. I feel like we've given a lot. How yeah. about this? Is is there a resource that you that comes to mind? We've we've mentioned engaging Gen Z. That could be the resource. Our friend Dr. Tim McKnight.
0: Awesome. I love the book. It's a huge yeah. help.
1: Yeah. Very good. Very good resource for you. It was written pre COVID. Some of the things he would even say have shifted a bit in Gen Z post COVID, but the book is still outstanding it's a great resource
0: I think I think off the cuff I've just finished reading rethink yourself I can't think of who wrote it but the concept of understanding identity I think Mm -hmm. is really important right now in student ministry as much as I would want to say like hey this is a wonderful resource for you for volunteers the truth is like we have to be informed about the topics yeah sure are affecting our students the most and identity is is huge right now yeah so being able to articulate what identity means from scripture to students is really important right now so i would definitely recommend that and we just started a book as a team book the script
1: yep yeah from Lifeway friends over at lifeway
0: i think that is would be a really good resource too especially for volunteers the pictures really help lay out what's going on with this generation
1: lots of charts and graphs and pictures it's my kind yeah. of book lots of pictures okay then last thing before we go if folks wanted to reach out had a question about something that you mentioned or wanted some clarity on that what's the best way for them to get a hold of you
0: the best way for them to get a hold of me is S S-immons, I M M O N S at highdesertchurch.com
1: and you can email any question you have to Sam
0: any question Yeah. any question
1: we'd love to I know I know you enough to know that you'd love to even help them think through if you're sitting listening going gosh I don't I don't know how I would honor or how I would recognize or how I would start or what the welcome thing would be like you'd love to sit and problem solve that with them and help come up with some ideas on that too
0: yeah it's 100% context yeah context is different and it's got to look different
1: yep it's great well I hope this was helpful I feel like we just had a long conversation which is the best kind of do that if you're listening hopefully I'd love to know even what you're doing and how you're recognizing and honoring your volunteers. I'm sure there's things that you're doing that we would love to borrow here as well. So be sure to let me know on that. If you're in the Super Secret Facebook group, you can leave comments there underneath the post. The Show notes will be posted as well on the thelongerhaul.com. So you can head over and check out those show notes. I'll have links there for the books that we mentioned for you there at the end. And also you can find that email address for Sam there as well. Thanks for jumping on, Sam.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. And thanks everybody for listening. Hopefully it was helpful for you. Love your volunteers. Well, build a good culture and they'll stay with you forever. Maybe not forever. They'll stay with you for the longer haul. How about that? Ooh, yeah, that's good. So anyway, (laughs) thanks. We'll see you guys in the next episode.